Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. European Championships are always high level of uh, opposition. We've proved we can beat anybody on our day, but we've got to do that consistently to have a good tournament. And when the England fans sing, it's coming home. Every chorus just has that little bit more conviction there. I think we've got the players to go away. Representing my country in a major tournament, you know, these are the things that you want to you want to be competing in and you dream as a kid. I think we've got some very exciting young players. I think these young players as well can handle the occasion probably certainly better than my generation. The journey has just been amazing for us. We're all trying to kind of get to the, get to the final and win one. It's Sterling! And England are off and running! For the first time since the 1966 World Cup, England get out of the group of a major tournament without conceding a single goal. I don't think they are scared to play. I don't think they are scared of, uh, of responsibility. So uh, it's a very talented group. For the first time since the 1966 World Cup final, England have knocked a German side out of a major tournament. It's down to us. We're in the moment. We've got to grab it with both hands and, and don't let it go. It is Ukraine nil, England four into the last four. I've only got one thing left to say and it's come on England! How sweet is that roar? You better believe it! England are in a major final for the first time since 1966. They know that they can do it and that's really strong. You go into that game, you have to feel, you look around that group in that dressing room, you can rely on every single player. Saka against Dollar on the left, put it in! It just isn't meant to be. England, despairing, defeated, and on penalties yet again. England fans, it ended in heartbreak. Another penalty shootout loss on the Wembley turf. England, despairing, defeated, and on penalties yet again. For Italians, there was the delight of yet more major trophy success 15 years after Fabio Cannavaro lifted the World Cup. Giorgio Chiellini holds the cup aloft. The glory is with the Azzurri. And whilst the terrible scenes at Wembley on the day of the final soured the memories, Euro 2020 was the exciting, gripping and emotional major tournament we all needed after 18 months of lockdowns and behind-closed-doors football. This is It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on TalkSport. After a long domestic season for European players across the world, attention quickly shifted to the Euros, with many tipping England as one of the favourites to go on and win it. Phil Foden changed his hairstyle ahead of the tournament, replicating the bleach blonde look that Paul Gascoigne rocked in Euro 96. He was hoping to hold his England teammates to a promise if they managed to go all the way and lift the trophy at Wembley. Do you know what I said? If we win it, I told the team that they have to get the same haircut as me, and they all agreed, so hopefully if we, if we win it, um, you'll see everyone with the same haircut. TalkSport had just announced that legendary manager Jose Mourinho would be a part of the team, and even he felt that football could finally be coming home. Can... 100% can. Should, I think, is 
is a little bit too much. Is a little bit of uh, an extra pressure that they don't they don't need. I think they should be positive. They should believe in themselves. They should go to every match thinking that they can win it, and of course they can. And he wasn't alone. I think this is as talented squad as any England manager has had to pick from since since we won it. Could be great, you know, the young players, the potential they've got. I think it, it could be great. I don't want to get I, I don't want to get my hopes up because it always happens every year. If you're in the final of this tournament at home then you would expect this country to be in a position to try and win it. The story of Euro 2020 began in Rome at the Stadio Olimpico on one of the most spectacular football nights of my life as the tournament kicked off in some style. There's been pyrotechnics fired into the sky, which is darkening above us. The balloons representing each country at this tournament are up in the air. The atmosphere is absolutely electric. Puccini's Nessendorma, it's Andre Bocelli. It's truly emotional. If that hasn't moved you, there's something wrong with you. You need to see a doctor. Incredible. The action didn't stop there as Italy started the tournament as they meant to go on with a convincing win over Turkey. Falls to Barella, and now Immobile edge of the D, and now it's Sunye right footed! It's Sunye scores! It's three for Italy! It is a dream opening night! for Roberto Mancini's side. Euro 2020 was off to a flyer, but soon the footballing world came to a standstill when Christian Eriksen collapsed on the pitch during Denmark versus Finland. Eriksen has taken a tumble off the ball. That was very unusual. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness me. This well, this is... does not look good at all for Christian Eriksen. It was a throw in on the left-hand side and Christian Eriksen has collapsed in a heap and you could see the concern on the Denmark players immediately calling over the medical staff and he's still down here Christian Eriksen and he looks unconscious Christian Eriksen's name is being sung by both sets of supporters in Copenhagen but very harrowing scenes towards the end of the first half here between Denmark and Finland and once again, we pray for Christian Eriksen. Absolutely amazing news. I could barely take it in, bearing in mind the, the, the gravity of the situation, how devastated we've all been feeling, not just me, we've all been feeling, just um, talking about this situation and, and having seen what's happened. You know, it, I, it's such a relief to report that UEFA is saying that he is, he has been stabilised. And, and fingers crossed all will be well going forwards as well. He's their dad. That's all they care. They just want their dad. They don't care about football or or thousands of fans adoring. They don't care about that. They just they want their dad and that's all that matters. And that's why the news is just such a, a massive relief right now. Because, you know, that when you put things into perspective, it's about yourself, it's about your family's health. And, and that's all that matters. Football is just a simple game that we all enjoy. But it's nothing compared to your family's health. That's mm. all that matters. TalkSport's Alex Crook was commentating on the game. He talks us through the emotions that day. I remember saying to my wife uh, as I made my way into the studio that day, obviously there were some nerves and anticipation about doing your first major tournament on site a couple of days later. This will be a nice gentle introduction into the tournament. How wrong was I? It was hard. It was hard to find the right words. You don't want to be overly dramatic, but at the same time, you want to capture the severity of the situation. I think for me, the, the toughest moment was when the camera zoomed in on his wife being consoled by Simon Kier, the Denmark captain. And it looked at that stage as she was almost being brought onto the pitch to say goodbye to her husband. Thankfully, 
as we know, Christian Eriksen, by the time he got to hospital, was conscious again and, and was talking. And when you witness something like that, I think it brings it home, the important things in life. I was about to fly off to Glasgow to cover Scotland the very next day. So therefore, I'd already said goodbye to three of my children. But when you see Christian Eriksen in such pain, all I wanted to do was get home and, and hug them. Um, so I actually made a stop off on my way home that night to, to just hold them tight because I think <laughs> you all in that situation think about how you would deal with it, what effect it would have on your family. Wales opened their campaign with a 1-1 draw with Switzerland. TalkSport's Johnny Owen was broadcasting live from Merthyr Town Football Club. Morrell with a cross. Oh, the header yeah. is in! Kiefer Moore with the equaliser! And that is why he had to be in this Wales team. Absolutely immense from Kiefer Moore. And Wales are alive at the UEFA Euro 2020. Well, the atmosphere was fantastic in Merthyr Tidvillis, where I'm from. I grew up supporting the local football team, Merthyr Town. All my friends are there, lifelong friends. You know, there was a wonderful moment where uh, the bosses at TalkSport said to me, look, you know, do you think we'll get some people in there, you know, to get to watch the match? And I was like, I think so. Um, and when we went to record the first show, there were queues around the block, people waiting to go in. So it was amazing, you know, they always sold out. Former Wales forward Dean Saunders was TalkSport's co-commentator for the game. You'll never get anything else from, from them players that you're talking about. Ramsey... Heart of a lion, so's Bale. They, they play for the country. Joe Allen's another one. That's the minimum you're going to get from them. England kicked off their campaign with a great 1-0 win over Croatia at Wembley. The country began to believe. Now Calvin Phillips will try and make a run to split the lines and he's done well, he receives the ball and he turns inside, he slips it in. It's Sterling! And England are off and running. England off to a winning start in the Euros for the first time in their history. At the tenth time of asking, it's a W for the three Lions, first up. I repeat the word many, many times, but I don't find a better one, control. Everything mm -hmm. was under control, and that means a lot, especially for the first game, where even some pressure, even some people with a, a tendency of looking to the previous uh, results in Euros and World Cups, and I think it was... It was very positive. You're listening to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. Welcome back to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. There was a carnival atmosphere at Hamden ahead of Scotland's first match and a men's major finals in 23 years. Listen to this. Listen to this. Oh, man. Goosebumps. Absolute goosebumps. It's brilliant. Well, they've missed it, haven't they? It's an absolute pleasure. They're delighted to be back and they're making sure that we know that as well. Oh, you've got to have some more of this all around the country. Look at the fans of your right, Jim. Yes, sir, I can boogie. They are bouncing in the stands at Hampden Park. Oh, man, this is unmissable stuff. Live on TalkSport. TalkSport's very own Jim White was hosting live from Hampden Park. He talks us through that atmosphere. It was a wonderful, wonderful situation whereby people were coming back and they wanted to be part of the Scotland support again. They wanted to see their heroes in action. They wanted to see Tierney close up and in action. They wanted to see John McGinn. What could they actually do on the day in a major tournament? And you know what? When they're in full song, I mean, the the, the stadium wasn't full because of the uh, of the allocation of tickets, etc. And we were living at a time post-COVID. But I tell you what, they put the smile on so many people's faces, the very fact that the Tartan Army was back and doing what they love doing, and that is supporting the nation they love, and that nation is Scotland. Well, considering the ground was nowhere near full, I've got to say the atmosphere, particularly in the build-up to kick-off, was electric. I remember uh, Jim White was hosting that afternoon, and he was blown away um, by the crowd. Um, they were singing, Yes, Sir, We Can Boogie 
Flower of Scotland. They were really pumped up. Obviously, it was their first appearance at a major tournament since France 98. And the fact it was on home soil made it extra special. But it ended in anguish after Patrick Schick's incredible halfway line goal helped the Czech Republic inflict a deflating defeat. And the ball bounces for Schick, who shoots from the halfway line. Oh, my word! What a goal from Patrick Schick! He spotted David Marshall off his line. And from just inside the Scotland half, he lifts it over the frailing goalkeeper and into the net. I remember watching Schick sort of... (laughs) He sized up the opportunity. I seriously mean that. I remember watching him, and I'm thinking he's going to he's going to unleash one here, and he did. And there was no way that David Marshall had any chance whatsoever of keeping it out. I mean, it was an absolute howitzer uh, fired out of a cannon. He got it absolutely right, and I think. Uh, on a moment like that, you've got to you've got to stand back and admire what he did. It was opportunism at its very best, and the goal is a standout. The only problem was it was against us. But what can you say? England and Scotland played out a goalless draw at Wembley to leave both countries with their hopes of reaching Euro 2020's knockout stage very much alive. But there was a real feeling of disappointment around England's performance in that game. It's a big, big point for Scotland. It's a night of immense frustration for England. One shot on target. They simply didn't do themselves justice. The lack of imagination in and around the uh, the last third was just was just not it's non-existent. That's when you need that kind of magic. That's when you need things to happen or make them happen in the past we've struggled when teams have sat back and said what you're going to do and deny us the space in behind and this was another one of those nights so where they where the opposition said look we're sitting in a 5-3-2 you have it in front of us we turned them round on the odd occasion with a give and go but not often enough for Scotland to go there after so much pre-match publicity about how many not, not the fact England were going to win, how many England would win by an immense feeling of pride, the fact that Scotland didn't go there and were like so many were predicting lambs to the slaughter. They were no means that. Uh, and it was great that they came away from Wembley and got something out of that match. For the Tartan Army, the journey would come to an end in their next game as they crashed out in a 3-1 defeat to Croatia. And it's been flipped in. And that might just be the fatal blow for Scotland. It's Ivan Perisic who scores at Hampden Park. And surely now there is no way back for Steve Clark's men. We show the, the better team in, in all aspects of the game. You know, the, the finishing, dominating. They know that defending, you know, it was, uh, they managed the game much better. Even when uh, we were in top, they, 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 were, they, they were defensively sound. It was a privilege actually that day to watch Luka Modric, a former Ballon d'Or winner, the player who's really broken up that monopoly between Messi and Ronaldo when it comes to that particular honour. He dominated the game. He scored a fantastic goal and it was thanks to him really that Croatia were able to win so easily in the end. And I think even the Scotland fans acknowledged they were in the presence of greatness that afternoon. I was disappointed they then lost the final game to Croatia, even though Modric was brilliant. But the fact was we were there and we weren't there making up numbers. Scotland wrote their own story in the tournament and let's hope it leads to another qualification for another major tournament and that's in Qatar and I want to see them there. Wales showed great resolve in defeat against Italy as they clung on with 10 men for a result which was enough to secure their place in the next round. Rob Page's team habitates with Amsterdam in the last 16 of Euro 2020. They finished second despite being beaten here in Rome. Robert Page, he had some difficult decisions to make there. He had to be a a, a real international manager all the adversity that come at him there and he dealt with it because we've got through you know Wales have got this great culture that's developed around the national team you know the bucket hats and the very colourful way of dressing and stuff which just you know seems to be very infectious I think you know it's got a real quality party atmosphere around Wales football matches and um, that was a night of a great example because we qualified we got through and um, everybody felt it Raheem Sterling's second goal of Euro 2020 saw England beat the Czech Republic to win Group D and set up a last 16 tie against the old rivals Germany. Grealish now, faced up by two, chips it in towards the far post and it's headed in. What a start from England. 
a goal up inside 11 minutes and Raheem Sterling does it again for the first time since the 1966 World Cup England get out of the group of a major tournament without conceding a single goal seven points from nine they finished top of the group overall yes they had a couple of skirmishes here and there but you know that was a very very good performance Denmark were rapidly becoming the story of the Euros as they secured safe passage through to the next round after an emphatic and emotional victory over Russia. The Danes embraced each other at full time just nine days after Christian Eriksen had collapsed on the same pitch in their tournament opener against Finland. Now the break is definitely on here for the Danes. Hoybjerg gets it away on the far side and they sprint forward. Braithwaite waits in the middle for any cross. Make up for a shot oh! and it's another goal! Joachim <laughs> It's Denmark who will go through its second place in Group B. It's been an outstanding performance on and off the field. The dark days of that opening game are behind them now. You wonder how far this Danish side can go. Full time at the Parken Stadium. Believe me, it's party time in Copenhagen tonight. It's Russia 1, Denmark 4. You see the togetherness of the squad now and after a brilliant performance, and it sounds crazy, but I actually felt Danish for 90 minutes there. It was just unbelievable. Wales were then knocked out by that very same Denmark side who were in the goals once again, putting four past Rob Page's men. And Wales are limping out of the tournament now. Four goals down and a man down. It has been a long journey, but it's ending. Well, we can compete, can't we? We played, you know, we played against Italy, we played against Switzerland and Turkey, who were like some people's favourites. I thought they'd do better than they, than they did Turkey. So we've competed against all of them. Um, we're just short of players, are playing at the highest level. Wow. But I still think we could have gone further than we have. People didn't give us much of a chance. Uh, we hadn't played particularly well against Switzerland. We were lucky to get that draw, I feel. But we were magnificent against Turkey that night. That was the game of the tournament for us. The corner kick is taken. And Bale again breaks into the penalty area. Bale is still going. Plays it short. Yes! Shot in! And Wales have done it! Wales have won this game by two goals to nil. What a victory! Connor Roberts with the second goal. And Wales are on the brink of qualification for the round of 16. This is one of their best victories for many, many years. This matches much of what they achieved in 2016. And it was that perfect scenario for all sport and football fans that, you know, you're one nil up and you're kind of like clinging on and then you go up the other end of the pitch and you score. You know, it was the best feeling ever. There's, there's the feeling of relief, you know, and and, and the country was, was buzzing at that point as it had been right through the tournament. You know, it was fantastic. Then came the 28th of June, one of the most exciting days of football we've seen in a major tournament for some time. There were two real goal fests packed full of drama as Spain knocked out Croatia after extra time and the world champions France crashed out on penalty kicks against Switzerland. <laughs> Although again at the other end, crosses into the centre. Charge for your fireball. That will do. That will do for Spain. Mikel Ayafarbal with his fifth international goal to make it Croatia three, Spain five. And surely this time there is no comeback for Croatia. This is what tournament football is all about on Talk Sport. This is why we love the European Championship. Well, I've just divorced that game <laughs> in Sochi in 2018, and, and I'm dating this one. Absolutely incredible. We've had a world-class keeper blunder, some truly breathtakingly bad defending, but also goals raining in relentlessly. The Euro 2020 nets have been well and truly tested and bulged in Copenhagen today. Spain are through. Well, you could argue that of the eight round of 16 ties, this was the one that looked the easiest to call. Switzerland never won a knockout match since 1938, taking on the world champions. The ball through, Gavranovic into the area, right but he's shot. Would you believe that? They have turned it around. Switzerland back level with seconds of normal time remaining. Kylian Mbappe, right footed, saved by Jan Sommer. And the world champions are out. Switzerland have won a penalty shootout. They are through to the knockout stages, to the quarterfinals. And France, the world champions, 
the favourites to win the European Championships are out. You're listening to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode of the TalkSport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. What does England mean to me? I was born in Shepherd's Bush, London, the capital. I worked as an electrician whilst playing non-league football for Wildstone. Eventually, I signed for Coventry City, then Nottingham Forest. The best was yet to come. On the 19th of May, 1987, I was called up to play for my country. It was the greatest honour of my life. A really strong challenge there between Yosimar and Pierce. The New England cap, Stuart Pierce. I'll never forget the feeling each time I was able to pull on my national shirt. To be one of the best 11 players in your nation felt incredibly special. Singing the national anthem with 100,000 Patriots singing alongside you at Wembley. It makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up even now. Nothing comes close. So what does England mean to me? It's Cornwall. It's the Lake District. The New Forest. Stonehenge. Buckingham Palace. It's a Cornish pasty. Fish and chips. Clotted cream and scones. Pie and mash. It's the Who. The Stranglers, Oasis, The Sex Pistols. It's the Bridges of Brunel, the Sonnets of Shakespeare, Her Majesty, the Queen. It's a Bristolian, a Brummie, a Scouser, a Geordie, a Cockney, and a good old-fashioned cup of tea. More than anything, it's home. This country, this England, my England. And if anyone knows that as well as I do, it's Gareth Southgate and these players. A famous night, a perfect night. One of those that you will just never forget. So do us proud, lads. Think about what your country means to you. England, keep dreaming, keep believing. Do it for yourselves, do it for us. I have not heard Wembley like this. Do it for England. Welcome back to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. It was time for the big one. England versus Germany in the last 16 at Wembley, a game which brings back so many memories, both good and bad for England fans. Many saw it as a real crossroads moment for Gareth Southgate's side, beat the Germans, and we could start to dream. If we win tomorrow night, this country will be set alight. The expectation, the euphoria around this tournament all go crazy. There's been a sort of slight pessimism, hasn't there, around England, even though we've not lost a game, not conceded a goal. It just dispels all that. It all goes. If we beat Germany, it's on, isn't it? I think everyone's like, oh, you know, we've we've got a team to be proud of. And I think 
the, I think the tournament will really start for England and English fans. TalkSport presenter Adi Oladipo was broadcasting live from Box Park Wembley throughout the tournament. There's probably clips of me saying England ain't going to beat Germany just because of that hoodoo, right? We've had it for years with Germany where, yes, we've won. I remember when England went to Germany 1-5-1. But apart from that, you almost felt like Germany have this thing over us. And approaching that game, you always felt like, OK, if England can win this one, there's a chance. Like, there's a chance. This isn't no... So football's coming home thing. This is real. This We could actually do it. So I remember the lead-up to the Germany one, so, so many interviews, former German players we spoke to, former England players that experienced defeat against Germany, and all of them were like, if we can just get over this hump, there's a chance. Here's TalkSport's lead England commentator, Jim Proudfoot. The Germany game was very, very special. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have been in Munich when England won 5-1 there, but, but this, in many ways, eclipsed it just because of what was at stake. Where it began. It was a tight game as England struggled to break the Germans down, but it was their talisman of the tournament, Raheem Sterling, who finally made the breakthrough. Approaching the final 15 minutes of the game with uh, Sterling trying to get away from uh, Thomas Muller into the feet of Harry Kane, into the penalty area. Laid back, it's Grealish. Grealish to Luxor, low ball in. Sterling with the goal! that gives England the lead, yet again, he has done it. 1-0 to England with Sterling on the score sheet. Then up stepped the England captain to finally get his goal and give us one of the most memorable moments of the tournament. Shaw's got it, Shaw from left back finds himself as a centre forward for a moment, slips into his left, Grealish, Kane, 2-0 England, and with five minutes to go, England have a two-goal lead. And in a tournament that is absolutely wide open, England can smell the finish line and a place in the quarterfinal. Let's just enjoy this moment, seize the moment as England fans. We don't get many moments. Four generations of England fans here. We've won nothing. We have. We've won everything in one way. We've beaten Germany in a major knockout, in a major competition. And I can't take that away from anybody who's here. Former Arsenal and England defender Sol Campbell worked as a pundit for TalkSport throughout the tournament. You know, the fans were just, it was just erupted in that particular game. That's probably, you know, one of the highlights. The singing, the the, the feeling, the, the whole thing about it, just everybody chipping in, everybody willing the team on. It was a great energy, you know, I can't say party time, but it just felt that kind of, hey, let's, Let's, let, let's see how far we can go. Let's be honest, it was almost like a home tournament. Yes, I, I, I appreciate that it was all over Europe, the games, but with England having five of their, what, six games at Wembley, it did feel like this was Euro 96 for me. And it felt like that. I was trying to compare it to what does this feel like? And it felt like that for me, where everyone just comes together. You know, it was a tough time, I think, for the country leading up to the Euros, but football has this way of just bringing everyone together. And that's what it felt like, especially... At Wembley Way, you're there and you, I was on the balcony with the likes of Darren Bent and David Seaman. You're looking down and you're seeing people from all walks of life. You're seeing young people, you're seeing a lot of females now that attend football. It just felt like this is sort of galvanising the country. That was the game where it was almost like liftoff. Like, and it's everyone, like my mum, my mum, you know what I mean? We're talking a Nigerian woman in her 70s. I was like, oh, this is the one, isn't it, son? I was like, mum, if you're on board, I'm on board. England then travelled to Rome and will be away from Wembley for the first time in the competition, but it certainly didn't knock them out of their stride. It is Ukraine nil, England four, and into the last four. No need for an inquest tonight. A famous night, a perfect night. One of those that you will just never forget England into the final week keep dreaming keep believing do so with a little bit more intent and belief the Italian job has been successfully navigated it is now two home wins for glory it was a fantastic workmanlike performance it really was it was tinseled with a bit of quality in there great finishes and a team which is showing supreme confidence. As we stand at the moment, Sags, we're rolling into a semi-final mm. against a team that have got their own fairy tale going on. Lost the first two mm. games, Denmark. Lost arguably their best player uh, mm -hmm. out of the tournament, and they're on a fairy tale ride. We are as well, make no mistake. And, and to be fair, on the other side of the draw at the moment, the Italians are looking supreme. So. The semi-finals are set up absolutely brilliantly. 
So England have booked themselves a place in the semi-finals with the hope of reaching their first major final in 55 years. But it was Italy and Spain who would do battle first, with the Italians eventually prevailing in what was a tight and tense encounter. Unai Simon waits for Spain. Jorginho right-footed. Oh, audaciously done! And Jorginho has done it for Italy. Calmly rolls in the penalty. And the Azzurri spill onto the Wembley turf in celebration. Roberto Mancini's team are heading into the final. Spain are left distraught. But yet again, Italy have come up with a way to win. It is Forza Italia all the way to the final. But would it be England or Denmark who would join the Italians? Danish goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel was asked if he felt they could stop football from coming home. Has it ever been home? Uh, I don't know, have you ever won it? To be honest, I haven't given any thought to what it would mean to stop England more than what it would do for Denmark. To be honest, I've focused very little on the England national team. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anything to me. It's, the, it's what it would do for our country back home, the, uh, the joy it would bring for a, a country of of only five and a half million to, to be able to, to do something like that or to, to compete with the nations that we're competing with. So, uh, yeah, not really a lot of thought to, uh, to England's feelings in this. But despite going a goal down from a Damsgaard free kick, it was England and Captain Harry Kane who prospered to book themselves a spot in the final against Italy. to you from Wembley at the business end of this remarkable tournament. Welcome to a week that we'll never forget. Whatever unfolds under the famous arch, it's like parabola picked out high above us against the backdrop of a light blue sky, will be instantly enshrined to memory and posterity. It's going to be England's night. It has to be England's night. We've got to, it's got to be. It's Kane against Schmeichel to give England the lead for the first time in the semi-final. He's missed it, he put the rebound in though. It is 2-1 to England. 104 minutes on the clock, 16 minutes to go. England lead by two goals to one. Referees looked at his watch, blow your whistle. How sweet is that roar? final for the first time since 1966. Italy to come here on Sunday night after a 2-1 victory that put your emotions and your nerves through the rigour. But what a moment it is for England, the footballing nation. England in a final and with a chance to be crowned European champions against Italy on Sunday night. I've never heard Wembley like this. I have not heard Wembley like this. And this is special, very special indeed. And the England players once more turn to the fans behind the goal and say thank you. And I know what it's like in all parts of the country. We know what it's like, Jim. You know what it's like down in Torquay. You know what it's like down on the south coast. You know what it's like in the Midlands. And you know what it's like a little further north than that as well. You've worked in all those areas where everywhere we've ever gone, people say, why can't we do something special with England? And now they have. Undoubtedly, when England beat Denmark, that was the really truly special moment because it meant that England had got to the first final in many of our lifetimes and there was undoubtedly a sense of belief that hadn't been there in in previous England tournaments that this one could be won I don't even think that it had been like that in the last World Cup this time there was a belief that England genuinely could go all the way and as a long-suffering England supporter I think it Many of us felt that uh, that was a corner turned, not just for this tournament, but also for the future as well. Whether we're going to have everything aligned like that, I think we might have to work a little bit harder to get there next time because 
when you look at it, we played one game away in Rome against. Uh, you have to beat them, but Ukraine were were just finished. They were finished. <laughs> they they couldn't they could move once they once they kicked the ball. It was like no energy at all. It was unbelievable. I've never seen a team like that. I don't know what happened with the recovery in between the game, but wow, it was like gone. They were gone. To have everything aligned and have all those games at home, you know, I don't know if we're going to get that type of lineup again. Uh, we might have to work a little bit more harder to get to the final next time. You're listening to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. It's Welcome back to It's Coming Rome, the story of Euro 2020 on Talk Sports. All eyes were now on a huge final between England and Italy at Wembley. The stage was set and the country was rife with anticipation. Talksport presenter Adi Oladipo was broadcasting live from Box Park Wembley throughout the tournament. I remember getting there at like 10.30 and I'm thinking, why is there thousands of people here and we're hours away from kickoff? Majestic is now on Wembley Way for us. Um, again, not going to be easy to get a sober England fan right now. Majestic, who have you got? I am in the thick of it. That's why it took me <laughs> five minutes to get down to Wembley Way. I'm in the trenches right now. There are balls flying around. There is a big game. It's not an 11 aside. It's definitely about a 200 aside right now. The flares are going off. The beers. It's still about seven hours until, uh, until kickoff. It's absolutely insane. Honestly, as you get off the Jubilee line, at uh, uh, Wembley Park and you could just look all the way down to the stadium it was just a sea of people at 10.30 and they had their drinks and they were partying it was almost like a carnival atmosphere anyone's been to Notting Hill Carnival that kind of straight was just like Notting Hill Carnival and I thought it was fantastic and I think the the big highlight was um, Seaman came onto the um, the balcony and soon as they saw Seaman it went mental like Seaman Seaman I mean I'm trying to interview him like Seaman give us a wave Seaman Seaman give us a wave and I was like this is as good as it gets. I was like, how am I here work? How am I paid? How am I getting paid to do this? I felt bad sending an invoice in because it was that good. Honestly, what, what a moment it was. And that was as good as it's got for me covering any f- football or maybe even any sport. It was really that good. International football and a country being successful is by far above anything that happens to clubs. And there's a lot, lot of times where football fans of certain clubs turn around and say, no, no, it's not. Arsenal's more important and Man United's more important. Nothing evokes emotion like the national team potentially lifting a trophy in a couple of hours' time, I can assure you. It's just wonderful. I mean... The, the journey we have been on as a nation and the nearly, nearly, nearly country. Now we're actually here and we've got the opportunity to do something about it as well. So it's a wonderful moment and you know, I'm pinching myself that I'm here as well. There are rare moments that not only define you, but an entire generation. I know better than most. And Hurst waiting to sprint in there. It's a funny thing, pressure. Some falter, some thrive. It's Harry Kane, it is the perfect start for England. These chances don't come around often. Remember that. England are in a major final for the first time since 1966. You yourselves can become the sweetest of memories. Become unforgettable. Shrined in England football in folklore. Each incident replayed, analysed, and dissected for years to come. This the last chance to draw breath before one of the most significant chapters in the three-line story is written. Page by devastating or glorious page. There really can be no middle ground. England got off to a flyer in the game itself with one of the players of the tournament, Luke Shaw, giving us a moment we'll never ever forget. Sterling. Darting around inside the penalty edge, fired in for Shaw. Oh, my word! One minute, 55 seconds, and it's Luke Shaw that has given England the lead. You can't write this. A left back who has never scored for his country and has hardly ever scored for his club. And he has just conjured up one of the moments, a sweet sweep of the left foot that could end up 
meaning so much to so many. But it wasn't to all go England's way as the game agonisingly slipped from Gareth Southgate's side's grasp. First score of the second half for Italy, a left-footed in, swinging towards the near post, Cristante with a touch, Stones, it's off the post to put it in, and it is 1-1. It's Bonucci with the equalising goals, a ball ricocheted around inside the six-yard box. And we will go to penalties. Penalties have been such an integral part of England's history. Inevitable, I suppose, that spot kicks would decide this first European Championship final in which the three lines have participated. 1-1 after 90, 1-1 after 120, and the penalty shootout is the cut. It eventually went to penalties with England fans across the country praying that this time things really would be different. Jordan Pickford has kept England in the European Championship final. But what a pressure moment this is now for Bukayo Saka. Penalty number five for England, he has to score. Saka against Dollar on the left foot in! And it has been saved! It just isn't meant to be. England despairing defeated and on penalties yet again it's Italian glory it's England heartbreak Giorgio Chiellini holds the couple off the technical staff racing to be part of the picture it's the ticket take welcome that we hoped would be England's it hasn't transpired that way the glory is with the Azuri. Sadly, it wasn't meant to be for England. We're going to have to wait a little longer for football to finally come home. I was at the final, but hosted TalkSport's build-up live from Box Park on Wembley Way, and frankly, it was carnage from early afternoon onwards. It was a horrible scene, uncomfortable to be in the middle of it. The recent Casey report into what went wrong told us that fatalities and widespread injury were only narrowly avoided after authorities failed to plan for the worst-case scenario, despite a series of warnings. Uh, Russia, a gate, um, pulling doors open. Some uh, even have crowbars, and they just quick yank, snap, and in, in they go. Once one door's open, you have in between 7 to 12 guys and girls standing behind the door, stewards and other security. And when you've got <laughs> hundreds of pups running at you, you have no chance. I saw it. I saw everything from 3 o'clock on Wembley Way until midnight when I left. And walking down Wembley Way, it was like a war zone. It was like it was like walking over a rubbish dump. And the people that were responsible for this brought shame on the good people that were there and had gone to enjoy themselves. This is a huge embarrassment. And also, frankly, it's something which could have led to an utter tragedy. It was predictable, wasn't it, that thousands of people were going to come to Wembley just to be near Wembley, just to soak up the atmosphere. That was totally predictable. It was also predictable that a small minority of people, whether they're football fans or not, and I would say that some of the people who are rushing the gates are actually not football fans, they're just there for the event, but that that would happen. There are no excuses about ticket prices. There are no excuses about 90,000 fans or 60,000 fans rather than 90,000 fans. There is a section of English sports fans, a minority section, that behave appallingly. They're not representative of the overall body of fans that support the England team around the world, support the England rugby team, the England cricket team, uh, the boxing stars that we have in this country. They are a credit at times, but there are a section of people in our society that are antisocial that need to be attended to and dealt with. It's going to be difficult. If people are starting to drink from 10.30 and you're hours away from kickoff, you just know what's coming. I think the bit that annoyed me the most was, again, I said there was a real mix of people there. So you had, you had young ladies with their kids. You had kids that were two, three years old with a family and you're seeing sort of cans of beer going in the air. And I'm like, look, enjoy yourselves as we all want you to, but don't take it too far. And look, some, some did. And some that kind of sort of stormed... Wembley pushing through security spoiled it as well. The atmosphere at Wembley was absolutely fantastic with the exception of the final which had its own unique problems which have been well documented. Uh, there was a definite edge that night. There's no doubt about it. I don't think it overshadowed uh, completely everything that had happened as far as England were concerned but there's no doubt that it, uh, it did paint things in a very different light. England players Marcus Rashford Jaden Sancho and Bukayo Saka were also subjected to sickening racist abuse online. 
after missing their spot kicks in the final against Italy. For some of them to be abused is unforgivable, really. It's just not what we stand for. We, we I think, have been a, a beacon of light in people being able to relate to the national team. And the national team stands for everybody. And that togetherness has to continue. And we've shown the power our country has when it does come together and has that energy and positivity together. We felt that from the fans. I'm incredibly proud of the players. We've gone through so much with Black Lives Matter and so many other issues in the last sort of few months. And when the three young black players missed the penalties, in my head, I was like, I know what's coming here. And it's a shame because we built this spirit. England have kind of united in the last few months. And I knew it was going to kind of ununite very, very quickly. And it did. The racial abuse of the players that had missed those spot kicks was something that every right-minded England fan found absolutely sickening. And the outpouring of emotion towards the players involved subsequently, uh, I think just really underlined just how out of kilter the the moronic, idiotic messages were. It's such a shame to get to a final and to play so well and everybody, a young team, a nice balanced team. You know, we've got to appreciate things. Yes, we've been waiting for a tournament. Yes, we've been kind of, you know, referee decisions have not gone our way. But we have to appreciate the the, the team, the management have done wonderful. We've got to appreciate that and, and, and just kind of realise how, how precious those moments can be. Yes, we're frustrated that we didn't win and how it all turned out. But we've got to be proud of the lads how they got there, really. If you're a football, if you really, truly love football, You've got to really kind of balance it out. You know, they've done wonderful. That, coupled with the troubled scene at Wembley, certainly left an unsavoury taste in the mouth and for many overshadowed the joy and elation we had felt at England's run to the final. But despite the sad scenes post the final, there could be no doubt that this England team had taken us all on an amazing ride in the summer, one that nobody would forget in a hurry. Now, attention turns to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, with many full of optimism that England can go one better this time around. It may not have ended how England fans have wanted, but one thing is for certain, Euro 2020 was a tournament that none of us will be forgetting in a hurry. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.